to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. reverse viking on this podcast i don't want to waste my essence i feel like i'm full of very chaotic energy right now and i this is going to be good for podcasting which is like i just watched raging bull and he does that nice. shit in that movie where he's like don't fuck me baby i gotta have I gotta be full of cum so i can fight sugar ray robinson that's not his voice at all but mm-hmm. uh <laughs> they do say that in, it's an interpretation i wonder if that's what they do in real life, there's now two boxing movies I know of where they say, don't fuck. Don't or, fuck or me. Come. Don't fucking come and don't come on me and make me come. You know what he did fill himself with for that movie, though? Ice cream. De Niro. He got Rit- fat at the end of it, yeah. and then he started doing stand-up and just sort of like like rhyming. Yeah. <laughs> That's what no, you had he, to do. Oh, you okay. like crack open a new one. I'm doing, we're doing whippets on the show today, by the way. Wow. <laughs> this is not... Did- I'm, my voice is still deep. Why is it lower? It, like it sounds lower. Isn't it supposed to get higher? No, that's helium. Oh, <laughs> okay. Helium goes one way, and then whippets go the other way. And it's no like watching one... Anders operate an artillery piece right now. When uh, when I come to you as Morpheus someday, mm. and when you when I break you out of the reality that we're trapped in, I'm mm. going to hand you. I'm going to there's going to be a whippet in one hand <laughs> and a helium thing in the other hand. <laughs> Alex, choose your path. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking high right now. Oh, it's over. It's over. It's, it's over. You take it's, the helium. It's either it's, you enter clown world. <laughs> it's really like asking a non-binary person if they want to go mask or femme. It's almost the same as that. It's exactly like that. What are we talking about? Being femme is like being really high. <laughs> it's the ultimate pleasure. I met on helium. Oh, uh, Anders, your voice you didn't mean. change. How come Jake's voice changed, but your voice didn't change? How about now? Are you saying clowns are femme-coded? Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. How are you as a man wearing fluffy pants? <laughs> Makeup. Did you know they're actually Irish-coded? I feel like in the Wait, millions what? of years we've been doing this podcast, I've actually brought this up two or three times. Mm. But it's a very funny fact about... And the people refuse to listen. <laughs> a certain era of clowns, the ones where they have red hair and they're drunk and their clothes are like hobo style, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that's Irish face. <laughs> it's just minstr- They're just making fun of Irish immigrants with all that it's shit. It's sad, but that's what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome Hello. to the show. Top of it's the morning to you. Goddamn pod damn America. Goddamn pod damn America. What a weird thing to say. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm your host. I... Uh, I, I I'll get into it. I've been partying all week. Alex. Hong Kong. I'm a clown. Hong Kong. And Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Everyone's done whippets. Except me. I had COVID recently. Don't give me any. He's fully recovered. <laughs> right? I barely touched this whippet. He, yeah, yeah, well, I was, he was I doing big reactions. Oh. I don't I, want too much in my, you know. I don't want to kill a, an entire brain. Cell. Come on, man. Don't you want to have the funny voice? Come on, man. Don't you want to have the funny voice on the podcast? I'm Jake's sorry. hogging all the funny voice. 
I'm, I just didn't mean to take your whole whippet like that, but I thought that you would have <laughs> taken more of it. <laughs> what is this? I forgot are... how to do the. <laughs> it's a very important politics podcast that I do with my two friends. <laughs> where we talk about the news. <laughs> and for some reason, people pay us enough money to kind of get by on it. Everyone's like holding their heads in their hands right now. <laughs> oh, there's so much news. Dude, I, listen, man. <laughs> I read Guy Debord last week, and it was a lot of work. And then Are you I, supposed to say it, Guy? I think so. Okay. I might be wrong. He's Guy. I might just got that I in feel my head. like, well, I'm maybe in French, but I feel like you can call him Guy. You think it's one opinion. of those things? Yeah. I'm just going to be an American chauvinist and call him Guy. Yeah. Unless that. you just came back from your semester abroad in Paris. He's Guy, guy de Bourg. Another reason, him. Guy is a type of uh, cooking material, right? It's a cloth that's, you use in, that's in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's not French. It's not, that's not the same spelling. Guy, yeah, guy. but you say it the same, right? Hold on. What? A, is he called Guy Fieri? No, he's called Guy Fieri. That's why I'm saying you should call it. It's clarified butter. That's right. The great debates have begun. The thing you wear when you do martial arts. Yeah. Is that a guy? That's or a, a gi. gi. Jake, I can belt? chime in here. That is a gi. That's what Goku wears. Goku wears a gi. Correct. I only got, I only got a white belt. I think it's Guy Debord, but I think that we could be ugly Americans here and call him Guy Debord. Yes, and yeah. Probably He's one very of the few fellas. people would even know to be mad about that. Yeah. If they are, then F off. I have a friend, actually, F who's... Off. F off. I'm high on Kratom and Whippets. Nice. I, hit the fucking I have wrong a friend one. who uh, <laughs> is a uh, language expert and says that it's fine for Americans to call it Iran. <laughs> Great. And we were, got it. There was that thing <laughs> last Fellas, summer. We got it. <laughs> yeah, he's an expert in uh, Persian, Farsi, etc. The Arab t- tongues. Because uh, <laughs> last summer there was that big controversy where there was an American soccer player during the World Cup, or uh, this winter actually, and who, who was quizzed by an Iranian mm. it, journalist. I'll even Iranian, fine. I don't care. I can say it either way I want. F uh, off. F off. The the journalist was like, hey, you actually pronounced my country wrong. Uh, What about racism in your country? Isn't America really racist? Oh, my God. I've been saying this since I moved to New York City from Houston, Texas. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, kind of depends on where, what kind of dialect or language you're speaking. And uh, they don't, and my, if I was in that position as that soccer player, and I had this, you know, conversation with myself in the shower. I would have been like, uh, "Hey, when you speak Farsi, do you say United States of America, or do you have a different word for it?" Mm, mm. What did they say? I don't know. You would have got his ass though. Without even looking into it, you would have got his ass. But the guy, styles. the guy actually was very uh, diplomatic about it. So that's probably why he's in his job and I'm in mine. It was actually kind of a non-issue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's so much news going this is on. How this you week. say it? In I, Persian. You know what was a fun thing I found out yesterday? I was trying to figure out why it's called the E-E-U-U in Spanish. The what? The Estados Unidos is the E-E-U-U. And I was like, what is the, what's the second E word? And then I found out that you say it twice because they're both plural words. So it's like Unidos, U-U. Go ahead. Sure. Estados, E-E. 
You sound like you just look like a monkey to me. I no, I'm saying <laughs> this is not. a big breakthrough. I've gone my whole life not knowing what this I what this means. Took a really big whippet, and then I looked at you, <laughs> and you went eh, eh, ooh, ooh, at me, and I was like, Alex is a monkey. Whippets are, I think, the the last line this podcast did not need to cross. <laughs> no, every, what's happening? Every, <laughs> the reason that we're so like improvisational today is because we are standing in solidarity with the writer strike. Our yes. writers, the people who write this podcast, they're on strike. They're on strike, and we're. We're not That's using right. them today. They're some of the best in the business, our writers. Yeah. It's, it's, if you don't know that, <laughs> there's actually writers, three separate writers who collaborate on what we say on the podcast. Yeah. We're just actors. Every single um, I don't know, uh, wait, that was all written ahead of time. And that's why you won't hear any of that on this podcast. That's most of what they do is just write um. Yeah, they, uh, they led us through the Jake Crack arc. They let us through. <laughs> I, <laughs> what was the the spy name I got really wrong that everyone made fun of me oh, for for like three months? Turd. Smoothie turd. Yeah, that yeah. was all written out months in advance. Yo, you think Chat GBT can come up with smoothie turd? <laughs> they literally can't. <laughs> <laughs> There's no through line to cross in smoothie turd. <laughs> I listened to. To the episode that I wasn't on because I went to your house and you were bringing up the crack thing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was, is it controversial? Are people in the Discord mad at me that I smoked crack? Yeah, they're, they're pissed <laughs> over there. <laughs> I know you haven't been checking, but they're really mad. You, you smoked crack? I've, I've smoked. I told a story on this podcast about smoking crack. I must have done a whip it and blacked down. Yeah. <laughs> also, we talked oh, about it last okay. week. It's just the I only pull that. I have recently, I think, is what it is. You uh, know how there's a fugue state when you record and your writers are on strike? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just have to reach for the one thing that you're like, I remember that very vividly. <laughs> Fine. I will talk about the fact that I drank some piss recently. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> The internet has questions. So we were going to record this this uh, episode yesterday morning. I woke up at like 7. I've been sick with COVID all week. I haven't left my house. This is the first day I'm out of my house. It's very exciting for me. Uh, uh, I check my phone. My phone has text at 7 in the morning, which is highly irregular because everyone I know wakes up at 1 p.m. And uh, I, I see that Jake is like, we got to move the podcast today. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. And then I go on Twitter and the first thing is like, I just drank a whole jar of piss. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, like, with no further elaboration, how does jar of piss equal <laughs> calling out of work? <laughs> I drank too much, man. I should have limited myself to just a few, but I have to go to this anonymous group. I drink too much piss. Here's what happened, right? So I <clears throat> also, you know, parody everything legally. You can't sue me over any of this. I'm not really a criminal. It's okay. bulletproof. Um. <laughs> You know, I live in this fucking stupid haunted loft factory mm. thing, and it's uh, real cheap, right? But um, I'm, by the way, I'm glad you have the industrial AC for this year because holy shit, it's gonna get hot. Yeah, it's cool. It's uh, it's May. It's already ninety degrees. That's the thing. I had to drag up here like during 2020 lockdown when we were all we was so hot in here that year that oh, like yeah. you had to move. We would. I you moved. were sleeping at Secret Loft. Yeah, I was. Oh right, no, that was like last year. Um, this <laughs> just happened because that thing fucking broke. But like, you would just be like frozen peas on your head, you know, just yeah. to exist and stuff like that. And then we fucking got this industrial AC. We built a like a, a th- the thing that hold it hold holding it in the window. That was when Sean lived here. A marvelous he's, rig. He's a he's a weird craftsman, yeah. so he could just 
make he, stuff like that. He does Zelda style crafting to he your based, window. Yeah, he did Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom to my. Uh, AC. It was really cool. You got to see off. this, folks. We got to put this picture on the Discord here. Um, but like, uh, so I, so I, uh, I'm dating someone uh, who I met on when I was traveling, and uh, I've talked about this briefly on the show before but i don't really am not a monogamist i am a weird relationship anarchist i uh angles you guys like him right he didn't believe in it either uh <laughs> <laughs> he would have been in brooklyn reading tarot cards and shit if he was alive today uh <clears throat> so you know i have interesting like non-traditional liaisons like that that occur in my life and sometimes someone's like hey i'm in town and they're a partner of mine and i'm it's like well we could hang out in my stupid loft but like it's there's no privacy in here right and the and and it's pretty cheap to live here and i'm bartending constantly and so and they've got you know some money around too it's like it's just fun to get a hotel room mm. i'm a hotel room guy sure i love getting a hotel room with a woman that's very classy of you partying in it and i also like know a guy who works at a hotel i i'm it's I fucked up my life i'm a criminal you uh-huh. know it's great i have these weird favors i can pull in so we're partying <laughs> in a fucking hotel room that i got on the cheap <clears throat> and I'm a bartender, so I work really odd hours, and you know, so I'm just up middle of the night and shit. I've got a bunch of beer. I'm drinking beer. At one point, I just suddenly realized I got a piss real bad. She's in the bathroom, mm. and it's I don't mm. I, doors locked. I don't want to bother. Mm. I was like, all right, whatever. So I pace around, and I go back outside, and I sit down, and I put the beer down on the little table on the patio okay. of the hotel. And then I stare wistfully into the New York skyline and think, wow, what a beautiful city. And then I go... It doesn't make sense, but I am picturing you in the Luxor for this. <laughs> I've stayed the Luxor before. Wait, sorry, I have you to back up. Did I mention that I pissed in an empty beer can? You, you. I thought you were peeing in that right now. Okay, so yeah. I pissed in an empty beer can. I put it on the table. Did you overfill it? Because this is a problem I've had when I peed in a can in the car. Is like you would just have more piss in you than you'd guess. Yep. And then up oh, now I'm just peeing on the floor in a car. Yeah, <laughs> I feel stop. Like the modern invention of the toilet really distorts our understanding of how much liquid is actually in our bodies. It's true, and there's so much in there. Return with a V. <laughs> Modernity. <laughs> Uh, which way, Western man? Um, <clears throat> the V is for the shape of the bladder. Yeah. So anyway, but, but the beer I'm drinking and the beer I pissed in, same type, same can, Chicate? exact same image. Wow. What are we talking what kind? Uh, it was a it was a, a, a pilsner of some kind. Oh, okay. I can't remember. Something the perfect kind to drink as piss. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, honestly, that's a good question because if it was like an IPA. This is like if I was trying to trick you into drinking piss, this is how I would do it. I mean, that would make sense. IP, eh? Canadian. Uh, <laughs> that's a great James Creelman joke. Shout that's out to really our good. Comedian of the week. Pil- <laughs> Pilsner already kind of it's like closer in flavor profile. Is it like a, like piss? Long story short, I sit down, I pick up the beer, I take a huge swig of it. I think I see where this is going. I wait a minute and I go, "This isn't the." refreshing pilsner i was drinking <laughs> this is and then i spit take yeah all over the place it's piss mate oh, so you technically peed all over the hotel room well the balcony oh okay it's okay if it's the balcony yeah it's fine 
Yeah. That's one of the rules. <laughs> you don't know Jake's guy. He says that when he lets you in there. He's like, piss all over this balcony. <laughs> <laughs> We're, yeah, we have the guy we don't like clean the balcony up. Piss all over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's outside. It's like made of concrete. See, that uh, that makes more sense than... Uh, you know, you'd guess because I saw people online speculating. They were just like, it must be elaborate piss play where you save your piss for somebody else. And then accidentally, instead of their piss, you drink your own piss. But Oh, no, I drank that piss I was saving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this is, I know my brand. <laughs> this smells a lot like my body and not somebody else's. So I know I drank the wrong one. <laughs> Uh, but no, that's very relatable situation. And uh, how long into it did before you were like, this is piss? Like a beat, you know? Oh, yeah. Like with comic timing. And then spit takes are always funny. Yeah. I went, you didn't swallow it? Fuck? No. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Sorry. Was, You're making I mean, a mess. I was like tr trying to drink a beer is the thing. <laughs> My brain was still like. I want a beer. And I was like, this isn't going to get me fucked up. You were up. wrong. You were wrong to think that. I mean, so I I believe I've said this on maybe one of the paywalled episodes, but uh, I have a friend, former someone I lived with uh, as a young man, who, uh, very good, per great person, like a lot, still friends. She does not do this anymore. Uh -huh. But at the time that we oh, lived yeah. together, would drink her own urine. Ha! Huh. We brought this up when we talked about that brass against lady. See, that's yeah. crazy that oh, I just right. like forgot you've said that. This is why I have to do the Jake Crack thing because I can't remember when you bring up all your friends who drink their own pee. <laughs> <But> <laughs> did she, you forget, or did you block it out? <laughs> I, I think just Andrew says stuff sometimes, and I'm like, "You're so crazy, man!" And I just don't even interpret. <laughs> she she did kind of make you want to try it, the way she would describe the like. Why was she doing it? Just like a real, in case you forget. Interdimensional awareness is how she described it at the okay. time. At the time, I don't all right, think I have she no more questions. To it. I don't think she subscribes to it anymore. But uh, uh -huh. she would keep it in a frappuccino bottle by the toilet. Frappuccino <laughs> bottle. Yeah. That's and she'd go through cycles. She would drink it, piss it out, drink it again, piss it out. What the fuck? For the record, I have no more questions. <laughs> uh, I've man. heard all I needed to hear. I don't want to be hypocritical. Or how does that increase your dimensional awareness? You just it uh, activates certain glands in the brain. I don't know. It's I don't feel any more dimensionally aware, but I guess I didn't swallow it. Yeah, you didn't swallow it. Tastes salty, you gotta swallow it. it. Huh? Tastes salty, doesn't it? Yeah. It depends on how like <laughs> how after you drink a hundred beers, you just just water. Yeah, I've definitely had mornings where I have like eighteen Bud Lights, and then you pee, and you're like, my body is Bud Light now. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it. It's in here and it's down there. My Bud Light already tastes like water. And, and it's pretty much, piss. yeah. I had a real alcoholic moment last week where uh, uh, we, on the last episode of Balling Out Super, Katie didn't want to drink with me anymore. And I was like, you can just have beer. And she was like, I don't want alcohol. And I was like, it's practically water. <laughs> <laughs> and she got really defensive. At me. And I was there, like, I'm an addict. This is not good. There are places <laughs> in the Czech, Czech Republic where beer is actually cheaper than water. Ah, see, and in the olden times when before they could purify the water, they would drink the beer. Everyone was shit faced all the time until like a hundred. Until years like twenty five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Until nineteen ninety one. 
Yeah. There's a joke that uh, Australian told me one time when I was bartending. It was, it was uh, I think it's might have been ripped off from a movie. Somebody told me later, but it was. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he was in the uh, Super Troopers, and uh, they were arresting a guy. <laughs> I can't fuck. Whatever. Anyway, the joke is, um, why do they call American beer sex on the beach? Because it's fucking close to water, mate. Ah! Get it? They don't. That's do they really call it something. That? Isn't that a cocktail that doesn't have beer in that, it? No, no in the... Australia, they would call it sex on the beach because it's close to water, mate. I guess. Yeah. Good he's, question. He's saying. In Australia, we call American beer uh, sex on the they beach. They have all kinds of sick slang. That's they a long wind up down for there. not a lot of payoff. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm laughing over here. Anyway, thanks for listening to our hardcore theory and history. Yeah, and there's just so podcast. much news. There's a lot of news. Um, <clears throat> we've got Brett O'Shea up next to break down uh, <laughs> 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 the history of the uh, Irish Provisional Revolutionary Army drinking their own piss to survive. They uh, had to back then, and it wasn't a joke. <laughs> And they didn't just do it because they had a pilsner and they forgot that they peed in a different pilsner. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much in the news. And, um, this are we going to talk Code Doctor? Do we want to talk? Oh yeah, okay. Let's get this? that out of the way. Okay. Please I think, like, explain to me because I've seen the meme yeah. all week. But like, when you don't fucking just stare at the screen all day, like if you just Healthy, don't take a yeah. break at all, you come back. To Twitter and everyone is just like all on something and it's completely unexplainable. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Here. It's also you can just make the active decision to be like, I recognize we're all just gonna talk about cable television this week, and I say no. <laughs> I refuse to engage. I'm curious though, I have FOMO. Please tell me what this is about. All right, so there was a South Korean medical drama called Good Doctor, um, that came out about 10 years ago, and it's about an autistic doctor. And wouldn't you know, uh, a Daniel Day Kim, the Korean Daniel Day From Lewis. Lost. Yes. From Lost. Um, he's American. But he found out about this series, bought the rights, and made it American. And uh, it was on CBS. Uh, now I believe it's on ABC, and it's like an adaptation, and it's about an autistic Doctor, uh, played by Freddie. <laughs> Until now, it's history. <laughs> Freddie Highmore, who's British, plays an American autistic doctor, and his abilities include, they say his autistic abilities, like he's a superhero. Right. Uh, near photographic recall, the ability to note minute details and changes. Uh, See, that's so a good thing for a doctor to have. <laughs> it is, but it, it manifests itself in, you know, kind of those, like, scenes where all the math is happening in front of the face and it's like a blue cloud and yeah he's from he's Sherlock yeah stimming in front of a whiteboard right it's Sherlock but he's st stimming and I love the version of Sherlock where he does uh, uh math and science to calculate fighting that's my favorite version of Sherlock where they're like you know his brain is so smart he's actually a kung fu master <laughs> yeah. he can kill anyone by doing the formulas in his I, head I just got punched in the face by pie <laughs> three ribs broken now turn 36 degrees elbow slam that's really interesting because uh like they were just to just come out and do this with autism is really offensive but like they were kind of doing that already with the sherlock 
show. Yeah, but th- did they explicitly say that Sherlock Holmes is on the spectrum? That's actually interesting. Yeah, because they pretty much are like he's mysterious. He has a non-traditional thinking, right? In a way, some people don't understand, right. but is very high functioning. Which is there's no word for it. <laughs> well, but that's a much more interesting, I think, uh, way to do it. You know, you have. Um, Succession. I think one of the best portrayals of autism is the kid on Succession, Kendall's son. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say Cousin Greg. Yeah. Also, well, that's the other thing I was going to say, and this is, you know, soapbox here, but you take any character from Succession and give them, you know, a battery of tests, they would all probably be yeah. autistic. Sure. Uh, but the, the best portrayal I have seen is the kid, Kendall's son, and I love it because they never use the term autism. It's just like heavily implied that he was diagnosed with autism. And you it's impossible to tell what is him being like a weird kid and what is just like that the parents kind of uh, humoring him and indulging him and spoiling him and like yeah. letting him yeah. like how indulging his weird quirks in a way that, you know, maybe a parent should put a foot down and say, actually, you have to come in and eat dinner with everybody else or so, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. which is, I think, about what autism is. It's just this kind of question mark. It's this mysterious floating signifier that nobody really understands because it doesn't mean anything, frankly. I'm sorry, um, to bring this back to the good doctor, doesn't he also develop autism by like being locked in a hot car or something? Isn't there like an or like a Dexter really? style origin to the autism? I see, I didn't know that. But see, I'm considering doing maybe doing a bonus episode about this. The thing is, I you know, and I'll play my card here. I'm diagnosed, and so uh, because of that, I find it very Anders difficult. Anders reveals his trap card: <laughs> having autism. <laughs> Instant win. <laughs> Playing the A card again. There are no neurotypical cards in my grandfather's deck. (laughs) But I, you, if to get me to watch any pop culture portrayal, I guess so. (laughs) I mean, I'm no Aragon over here. That's true. Okay. Oh my god! I was on a flight recently, and the guy next to me was reading Aragon, the book with the dragon on the cover that looks like Alex. But he was reading it in fucking Hebrew. <laughs> so it was like, you know, it went from right to left or whatever. There's oh. something about that that makes a lot of sense to me. I can't really explain why. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't I look not, like that dragon and shut show. up. I've only seen several clips of it and read a little bit about it. But you, I, to for me to watch like pop tri- culture portrayals of autism, I kind of need like the clockwork orange machine and to be like my eyes. Yeah. And I like I can't so much of it. Just I hate. Um but it's there's so many bad clips of this show and solidarity with the writers because hopefully they're fighting. It is a hundred percent these people's fault, by the way. But yeah, solidarity with them. Well, I'm I'm gonna like use my best intentions and assume that one of the demands that they're fighting for in the writer's strike is not having to write this show. Or at yeah, least- one of them is to end the good doctor. Yeah. That's one of the the main items. You know, you know what? Can I give you a little bit of a hot take about the writer's strike? Oh, sure. Uh, now that you mentioned this interesting conflict, uh, longtime followers of me on Twitter will know that one of my recurring bits, and it's not a bit, it's true, <laughs> is that I kind of hate TV writers. Yeah, I have noticed that about you. It's a bougie-ass, yuppie-ass job. Uh-huh. It's uh, everyone I know who's a professional TV writer is like rich. Uh, they're all just brutal like when you know you're at a show with them like i was 
stories from my career of doing stand-up with just like the most ruthless evil people on earth just 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 trying to get one over on you so we can write on fucking f boy island or whatever or the good doctor um but i support strike obviously because Mm. it is still class struggle but i uh i've been feeling it's a challenge for you i've been feeling conflicted about this because like um it's weird it's like labor aristocracy shit i guess or whatever like i don't really know the exact what what the exact fucking marxist term for this it is kind of interesting reading about this all week because i assumed as a stand-up being like, oh, you people must be middle class if you have fancy sneakers and work in the writer's room. And then I'm seeing lots of people tell stories about like, I worked for four years yeah. selling my screenplay to make $40,000, which means I made $10,000 a year. Yeah, And I guess they were just making less money than I thought the whole time. Well, well it's, it's weird because the only fucking uh, like, like good unions we have left in this country are the ones that are for this artistic like job, which is kind of super, it's not proletarian labor. Like it's superfluous and it's like, turning your hobby into a job so it put me in this weird situation where like i got into a like a kind of a weird back and forth the other day on twitter with the guy who wrote or no the guy who directed the weird al movie oh because he movie. was uhf uh, no, 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 no to be the the, uh, the biopic oh the new one 100 true one yeah because he was complaining about tipping delivery drivers <laughs> And I was like, fuck you. I work for tips and like you're on strike right now. Like you had a fucking WGA avatar thing. Uh, I mean, okay. My take on it is there are a lot of I think what they're fighting for is uh, that a lot of the writers, I don't know. I don't know enough to say it's majority or minority, but a lot of the, it's becoming where you kind of need to have a uh, connected well-off background to be a, a TV writer. Yeah. Because there's lulls yeah. where you don't have any work. And they're fight, what they're fighting for is so it doesn't have to be like that for everybody so that you can actually have the the few the people who are... When you're in, you would make enough money that you wouldn't have to have been rich already. Yes. And this has been a historical problem with the medium for 50 years is you've got to be connected to be in. Right. It's Hollywood, baby. I agree. And that's like also big part of why I support it. And it's just in general, I think that's just how you move the fucking entire thing we're trying to do. But like, um, I don't think everyone in, like out on the picket line is some of them are this dickhead. Who's like, yeah. I also don't want to tip my Grubhub guy. Yeah. And, uh, I don't really, it doesn't matter. I'm just making fun of him. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like a comedy podcast. It's, 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 it's tricky because, uh, it's, there are a bunch of people like that who are these bougie, out of touch uh, 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 class traders who don't even know it, and they're not in the the upper stratosphere that they think they are, and they just act as nasty little uh, uh, society scabs, stabbing the people below them who bring them food all day. At the same time, there's these like the TV writer job is essentially like pretend for work be uh, while being middle class, so it is something that like everybody in America wants to do. Like if you were to offer someone who just works at like your local Dick sporting goods or something and be like, Hey, you want to write for fucking Zelda, the porn show I'm making, I'm offering you a staff position at Zelda, the porn show. You make $80,000 a year to come up with new ways that link pipes down. And then, yeah, like nine out of ten people <laughs> take yeah, that job because I mean, it's it, easy and fun. I did it for three best fucking three years of my life was doing it. Not, yeah. I was non-union, but uh, it's great work if you can get it. I mean, it's still hard. Like it's harder than people. 
think. But. It's just a, it's an interesting strike because it is at the same time like so many people that uh, uh, there's so much jealousy mixed in with the actual class dynamics of it that make it like. I'm going to have to overcome a personal barrier right now yeah. <laughs> to support you. Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess I, I do. Obviously, in theory, you know, and or in, in fucking practice, like support the strike. But there's just something very personal and like kind of funny about the fact that like uh, I'm gonna do whatever I can to support someone. Someone involved in this is going to benefit from this, and then. To, spit on me for the rest of their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like supporting the uh, Uber drivers when they make the driver's app or whatever. Just found out uh, in season one of The Good Doctor, there is a neighbor of The Good Doctor who is played by Chris Delia. Really? (laughs) He could be a great neighbor. And there's something off about him, but you don't know what. (laughs) He's starting a sex cult. (laughs) Uh, the good doctor does not like Chris D'Elia, but he couldn't tell you why. <laughs> He's making that face from the meme at him. <laughs> but the thing I just, we're just rounding out this portion the the show, there's several clips that have been going around that are very bad where he's just, uh, Rachel Millman pointed out, he's acting like C-3PO. He's just, the <laughs> he kid, does the walk. He does, he does the C-3PO the walk. walk. He talks like a robot. Like, right. And is British too. He should just go full C-3. Uh-huh. But, um, the thing that my takeaway from this is, and apparently uh, one of the people who created the show also created House. And if you contrast this with House, which full disclosure, I was never a big fan of, but people- House rocks. It's House a good is show. awesome. <laughs> it's a good show. I respect it as, as good television uh, and good writing because they, instead of just having like working backwards from, there's a doctor who's a pillhead. Yeah. They're like- this What's is, next? What's bigger than that? What's bigger yeah. than Pillhead? <laughs> <laughs> what if he wasn't cool? All right, we're starting there. No, House is awesome because it's very 2004 culture where it's just like, yeah, uh, the thing about this doctor, the reason that they got to fire him is he will not stop saying slurs and right. patients <laughs> and like trying to kill them as a prank. But he's a yeah. complex, <laughs> well-acted a unique character yeah. who people found find interesting is not just a literal ro- robot because they're working backwards again from the premise that autism exists and yeah. is this thing in your brain that makes you a robot instead of this is a unique individual who has all kinds of weird uh, psychological issues that you know it's an, and it's impossible to tell whether or not that's nurture or nature it's just this person is a weirdo uh-huh. and because of that was diagnosed with autism but more important than that he's He's the good doctor, and he's a, a strange guy. You've right? convinced Which, me we have to do the bonus on this now. Okay. The fact that's going to really upset you. They're like, he has abilities. It seems like yeah. this is not a, a very enlightened way of looking at He is autism. a fire-type neurodivergent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every autistic person I know, I mean, it seems to be a common joke among autistic people and people like diagnose Asperger's on the spectrum and stuff where they're like, why do people think I'm going to be good at stuff? Yeah. <laughs> it's like annoying. <laughs> like they're like, what's yours? You know, he can't read social situations, but he can jump really high. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. We, we, well, we got to talk about that more later. Wait, yeah, so what's the meme? I don't get it. Oh, oh, so he the- gets fired by Dr. Han. Doctor. Who's played by Daniel Day Kim? Okay, and it's just it stems from that, and the good doctor refuses to 
except that he's been fired. So that right. frustrating. He's crying. Face, yeah. yeah, that's him. It's a portrayal of an autistic person being fired yes. and not having a. Do you know there. if he's fired on the um, trans issues episode? I think, it, or is that a different I episode? I can't tell if it's related to that or not. Because apparently, again, there's like I, ha- five- I would have to make myself watch this show, which is okay. going to be right. very difficult. We'll cycle I'll, back to this. I might do it. There is but, like yeah. apparently multiple different med- primetime medical dramas that have the same plot where there's someone who's transitioning and then or it's a man transitioning to a woman and uh they all have testicular cancer the term is so, m to f uh, yeah I, I feel like you're correcting I know, the same I'm just, word i'm oh. just being a dick I'm just like <laughs> it's m transitioning to, to f and they have testicular c and then you show it to somebody <laughs> over 60 and they're like hey, it's so crazy <laughs> and i i'm uh and then he's uh turf the whole episode well yeah the t- and that's the clip. That's one of the clips that I did see what's going around. Yeah, where he's like, but it's a man. That's a woman. I don't understand. It is Cannot funny. compute. Man <laughs> or woman. There's two kinds of people. Man or woman. Is it a man or a woman? Like It's funny the cartoon autist has the same shtick as Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Like, yes. It is a caricature of what an autistic person would be like. And that just like is what Ben Shapiro does. I... Uh, <laughs> This is a crazy thing I'm about to say. I don't know. Don't hold me to this at all. Here we go. (laughs) There are like a lot of autistic trans people. Yes, Yes. absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Cancel me for... uh, uh, I hang out on Twitter a lot. I mean, a lot of those two types of people are on Twitter and there's overlap and stuff. I've seen that written out as a comment like five times this week about this show. It's just like, uh, there's a higher rate of autistic trans people. There's neurodivergent like overlap with a lot of types of people some of the one of those things is trans no one knows why it's just an interesting fucking correlation or whatever but the theories just in your tv show the idea that you want to put out there this concept that a trans person or that a fucking autistic person wouldn't understand that is weird to me because i kind of feel like they maybe would understand it more well the reason they don't understand is because they are not like an actual autistic person and are like c-3po from the movie star wars (laughs) (laughs) who of course would not be able to compute such a thing as it is a highly illogical does he have a gender c-3po yeah i guess i just Mm. you know he is coded male but i think that's just because his like chassis is male yeah, but he's a fucking robot, so chassis? he is nothing. What's a chassis? A chassis is it's a robot term in the robot community. We use that term, and it's the big, the body of the freaking robot. <laughs> That's what the shell is called. The chassis is C H A S I S. Right in support my chassis. I'm glad I learned use. He's also by the way coded, which is yeah. He's Loki Butler coded. male. By the way, there's a Polly character on the Good Doctor. Of course there is. Named Dr. Ricky. <laughs> well, now I'm They tackle all of the issues. Anyway, we'll figure that out later. Okay, okay. But, um, we gotta watch that damn show. I don't want to be a vigilante no, no, and I got take a great, down I had a, this segment. I had a great segue to that. Okay, never mind. Powers, right? They expect powers. autistic people to have powers and special abilities. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know who else has special abilities? <laughs> who? Crime fighters, crime often are oh, portrayed okay. in media uh-huh. uh, and in real real life uh, vigilantes. Uh, I, this is actually <laughs> something I've been thinking about, and I think it's a good way to open this Marvel comics. You know the main difference between Marvel and DC comics in the way that the superheroes exist in the societies. They get older, and I stay the same age. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think that's really it. 
So uh, this and this is perhaps an oversimplification. Don't act. Don't at me, comic nerds. But I read I read an amalgam comic once, a DC Marvel crossover, <laughs> and the big difference was in the DC universe, heroes are celebrated. They are you know treated with respect and admiration and awe from the people of Metropolis, Gotham, etc. Whereas in the Marvel universe, they are seen as menaces. Ah. And most of the Marvel superheroes uh, were in New York, or are in New York, and that is where uh, vigilantism runs amok still to this day. Uh, and it, it, vigilantes, I feel like, have always been very controversial in New York City. You know what? Last week when we were talking about Bernard Getz, I was... Um, I was thinking specifically of the comic Kick-Ass is pretty much just like, what if a kid was Bernard Getz? I'm pretty pretty sure that is what it was like. I I read it a long time ago. Does he have a gun in that show? I think he gets I mean, he just like has a baseball bat at first. And it's just like, when I feel scared, I hit people with my bat. (laughs) It's one of the many, you know, comics Kick-Ass, I feel like is like, okay, we're going to do it about what if superheroes were real, yeah. which no one has thought of before. <laughs> Except for the worst people in history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, yeah, this is relevant because uh, Daniel Penny, uh, douchebag, was <laughs> God, charged. Facts. Charged today, um, or this, this week, with, I believe it's manslaughter, right? Um, and it wasn't... That's what I heard. Yeah, it wasn't clear that he was going to be charged. I was kind of honestly surprised that he got charged at all. Uh, but he, crazy. I mean, if you think of it from a legal perspective, they didn't go for murder because he did like choke a guy to death. Yeah, I well, believe you have to be. Manslaughter is usually like, oh, I shook your ladder and you fell off or something. Well, I mean, there's vehicular manslaughter. If if the homeless guy. Yeah. Uh-huh choked out the white marine then it would be it would yeah, be okay, murder okay, yeah. it's just what you think you can get away with i guess but, well you know. it's also like legally speaking it's generally murder has to be premeditated uh so they would have to no, prove first degree he, murder has to be premeditated right well manslaughter is just second degree murder okay really? yeah you know what nobody looked this up anyway yeah okay so yeah he, he got charged a million dollars for his defense fund yes, already and that would that's the point He's already, Moore, become, he's already become a right-wing icon, and this is a he's in a long line of these dickheads. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, another example, is cashing in on a really tragic case uh, where he, they did an awful thing, and uh, I think Daniel Penny's going to join him. Maybe he will have to do some time, uh, but we'll see. Um, this goes back a long way, though, uh, and you know has a really interesting history, specifically in New York City, uh, some of the people coming to Penny's defense are an infamous group, so uh-huh. we call them a gang, of mostly men, but people in red berets who uh, <laughs> we have seen. Have you ever seen right. them in person in real life? Cuban intelligence agents active in New York City. <laughs> what if, uh, uh, I, I was at some thing, I don't know, a couple of years ago, uh, talking to some punks, you know, some... Um, some crusty, fun, Bushwick uh-huh. punk kids. Nice. We should all... we should clarify. We mean the Guardian Angels. <clears throat> no. 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 I was talking to like He's setting up the story. Yeah. I know. I, I know. I I. It's, yeah. Oh yeah. We're talking about the Guardian Angels. Who oh, the people were. That's right. the subject of today's episode. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But continue your story. Um, the Guardian Angels being these. The, the, we'll get into it. 
dickheads, old people from the 70s fucking wear red berets and police shit. So uh, I was talking to these kids, and we were kind of reminiscing and sharing battle stories about the George Floyd uprisings and stuff during 2020. And this guy told me the story that he was in Manhattan with some of his friends. And I guess the Guardian Angels had decided that their job that day was to protect a footlocker because they assumed that store in particular would be looted for reasons. Uh You follow me? Yeah, not uh, racially coded uh, in any way. (laughs) Just we have a feeling the footlocker is at risk. Yeah, so they were defending the footlocker, and then this gang of punk kids rolled up, uh, and then they were like, what the fuck are you doing? And they were like, we're defending this footlocker from like, the, and there was just some ho- like homeless guy. Just anybody who wants to break in here. And uh, they got to a street fight with the guardian angels. Wow. Right. But the thing is, the guardian angels are all like 75 years old. <laughs> so they beat the shit out of them. Oh, no. These 75 year old guys were doing like karate moves at them and crap. <laughs> but they were all just oh breaking their God. hips right. and they shit. Don't, they don't take the blows well anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad. And so they fought him off. And That's then, a hollow victory beating up 75-year-olds, too. And then a, and this entire podcast is fake. No one sue anyone or track anyone down. All these are fake. Don't do vigilantism to us. <laughs> it's but, wrong. But apparently the, a homeless guy just walked by and just, like, took a bunch of the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Like after they did that. <laughs> the spoils of war. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Finally, the Air Forces belong to the people. I mean, fuck them, man. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Foot locker. We were just fighting you for being racist, but also to, I guess, also rob the store maybe a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's like a third guy. Like, I just walked up after that happened and went, well, <laughs> guess I'll steal these shoes. Man, that's funny. Okay, please go on. I want to know it's, about well, that. It's funny we haven't talked about the Guardian Angels since the mayor's election. <laughs> yeah. There, I don't, if anyone is unfamiliar with the, what this is, I mean, I feel like it's part of like the larger culture. Yeah, it's New York lore. But it's very funny because there's these old men who, this is a thing from like the past and they're just still around. They kind of wear red berets and dress like military type people, yeah. but they're not. They're just a gang. Uh, and they'll just like, you'll be on a subway and a guy, like one of them will just enter and go, this train car is secured by a guardian angel. Everyone feel safe. <laughs> uh, but they're like, not a cop. Feel safe. <laughs> no, they have. Well, I, th- I'm an old man crossing my arms. <laughs> the thing that made me int- kind of want to do this episode is I actually know a guy through comedy who became a guardian angel like in the past year, which I didn't know is a thing you can still do. <laughs> That they were all like median age seventy. Yeah, but it is. This is like a guy in his twenties who got decided after. Um, just be a cop, bro. You're just being a cop for free. <laughs> Why would you not just join the police? Well, there's a test you have to pass to become a cop, sort of. Even though it doesn't seem like it's that hard, but <laughs> they the make gu- money though. It's worth it. <laughs> but the guardian angels aren't real, so you could just. Be a guardian angel. You got to get a red jacket. You, you got to get a, a red beret. Just a hat. That's it. <laughs> well, I don't know where I would buy one. You'd have to go to the, what, Beacon's Closet? Fair. Where could you get a red beret? If you had to get a red beret tonight. Uh, French guy. Fre- oh, okay. I know a French guy. I don't know any don't French guys. Um, I would steal one from Guy Debord. <laughs> 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 I would get one from one of the children outside in Park Slope. <laughs> 
So this group, well, it should go into the history here. Okay, so uh, go back to like the 70s, right? As we've discussed on the show, there was a fiscal crisis in New York City. The federal government declined to bail the city out. And so it uh, became um, a very unsafe place. There was, the truth is crime was a really serious uh, issue. And if you talk to New Yorkers who are like alive during or here for that period, they will tell you it was much different from the way it is now. And I think uh, fear of going back to that, uh, I think is, you know, um, attributable to to a lot of the reactionary politics we still see in New York City because they don't want to go back to the, the 70s. That's and true. Was, when, as we've discussed in the show, everyone had lead poisoning and there was uh, fighting in the streets. Yeah. But the subways specifically. Welcome to Fear City. Yeah, Fear City. Um, there was a pamphlet that they put out with this incredibly cool-looking Grim Reaper on it that said, Welcome to Fear City. It was put out by the police to make people scared into thinking we need more police. I would yeah. like to issue corrections. It is called New York City. It is not Fear City. <laughs> you are a public employee. I'd like you to get this correct. <laughs> I mean, So my, as I've discussed before, I don't want to make this the Anders Lee show, but my grandfather was a New York City police officer and uh -huh. would tell... My mom and my aunts and uncles never ride the subway. Just whatever you do, do not take the subway anywhere. And now it's like pretty, now I don't ride the subway because it's slow and sucks. But back then. And you'll get COVID on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you from just being on there. We should make a pamphlet called Welcome to Fear City. <laughs> Welcome to Fear City. No one wears a mask. <laughs> and they're all coughing on you. Same Grim Reaper, but he's wearing a mask. <laughs> That's very respectful of him. That'd be cool. Uh, but this, so around this time, um, you know, in enter stage left, a man by the name of Curtis Sliwa, who grows up in Canarsie, uh, is Polish Italian. Interestingly, Sliwa, I didn't really think of this, but I uh, realized is actually Polish and not an Italian name, even though it ends in a vowel. Uh -huh. It's from your people. Yeah, Ooh. it's the sound that a light bulb makes when you screw it in. Sliwa. 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 Oh, I see. He's the son of a merchant marine and a dental technician. Uh, and, you know, he you know has certain things he brags about in his background as a kid. Like he says he helped... Uh, save people from a burning building when he was a paper boy for the Daily News and impressive, yeah, president, huge of if true government <laughs> um, at uh, Brooklyn when he was Prep. A paper boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's some early morning fires. People just leave their stoves on. But he got expelled from his senior high school because of a dress code dispute. I don't know if it was because he wanted to wear a beret. Um, but then he <laughs> fingers crossed works as a gas station attendant and a night manager at a McDonald's. Other people say he was an assistant manager of the McDonald's. There's some dispute over that. Um, but this guy definitely has like a God complex. I manage a fast food restaurant vibes. <laughs> yeah. Powers way too seriously. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but he, uh, the McDonald's is in the Bronx and he says that at the time it's like a mess. There's trash everywhere. So uh, he starts um, gathering his, you know, the, ki the kids who work at the McDonald's and kids in the neighborhood, and they pick up the trash, and they're... That's nice. Yeah, they're known as uh, the Rock Brigade. As long as um, this doesn't get out of hand, I think this could be pretty good. <laughs> they hey, call us the trash can, boys. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets a group of uh, local volunteers. They, they, uh, they paint over graffiti, clean up vacant lots, board up vacant buildings, plant trees... Or all around Fordham. 
Uh, and then one night during trash pickup, they get mugged, uh, which inspires him to say, you know what, let's do something about the trains. Give which... me your trash. <laughs> Give me all the trash yeah, you picked I don't know up today. Why they got mugged <laughs> in trash, but uh, that's yeah, what he said. The uniform for the trash can boys, you had to wear a gold Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, this is by the 4-5, which goes up to the Bronx, which was called at the time the Muggers Express. Oh. So he gets... Now they call it the 4. <laughs> yeah. Folks. The, yeah. Um... Now, so now uh, they decide to um, try and clean up the subways and stop crime on the subways. And I'm not making this up. At, for a while, he has a friend, a big strong guy who was named, this is what he goes by, the Chinaman. <laughs> That's his name. That's, don't be mad at us. Wait, 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 wait. It's a, is he Chinese? I assume so. We're not I allowed don't know. to say. There was a comedian in uh, Texas uh-huh. who is half Chinese and half white. So this has come up on here before. <laughs> but he used to, he fucking headlined all the clubs, which is why I just was such an angry young comic. Cause I would be, you know, they kind of keep you like, Oh, work harder and you can get a feature act. And then maybe someday you'll headline. What? I was all, I would always be yelling. You're headlining this g- China, the guy who calls himself the China man. Like, fuck <laughs> you. There's no such thing as a meritocracy, but he fucking, he, he called himself that right and it was really confusing maybe it's the same guy it's like maybe it's the same guy uh i mean he guess he's allowed to do that but it's just odd to like put that on a marquee i mean the (laughs) extent to which you go into it i feel like is under review (laughs) if you are half asian to be like oh i'm the china man and i do a lot of voices i mean he was chinese (laughs) he was chinese i think it was like really problematic i think maybe just tacky is the word i don't know tacky but uh, but the other thing about him is that he um, wasn't really a comedian. He what his thing was is that he did a bunch of the voices. He on sang the, songs. He did a bunch of the voices on Dragon Ball Z. What? And so he would just do them. He would just be like, like he was the actual guy who recorded them on one of the the fucking uh, dubs because <laughs> oh. there's like different dubs and it's like one of the crappier ones. The lesser know. known. He <laughs> plays Piccolo on the uh, only aired in Kansas dub of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, and then he, the other thing he would do is basically like like a like a drag show without the drag. Like he would just play music and just sort of like dance to it and yeah. then like lip sync it and just do like Hey, when you're good. <laughs> back in black. Oh it basically was drag now that I think about it. That's kind of interesting. Okay. Anyways, sorry. Well, this was also not really stand-up comedy. They would uh, <laughs> have the Chinaman uh, dress up in a three-piece suit. Okay. And they would, um, like one would, one of the guys would tr- have an expensive radio and a fancy suit, pretend to fall asleep. And then when somebody would try to rob them, they'd have beepers and they'd. I guess that would be if you did that now, you couldn't join the police because legally that's entrapment. But you can in the Guardian Angels because that's just street tactics. Yeah. Well, this is before they officially become the the Guardian Angels. They uh, (laughs) this this catches on. More kids want to get involved. So they start the Magnificent 13 in May 1977. Great name. No notes. Wow. (laughs) Over the next two years, they grow very significantly and quickly. Thrown in jail by the Magnificent 13. (laughs) Damn Um, them. Interestingly, I found this really interesting, and it inspired me to rewatch this movie, The Warriors, which is about this era, made in this era in New York City, 
Um, awesome. Great movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. All about all these gangs in New York who convene uh, in like Fort Tryon Park, so like way uptown, and uh, they, they have this guy who comes together. I found something really held up very well. It was interesting. He says... Uh, we're fighting each other. We're fighting over turf. It's stupid. Cyrus. There are way more Cyrus. There are way more gang members in New York City than there are police officers. So we could run the city in an egalitarian way if we wanted to. And then it gets shot and it gets blamed on the Warriors. It was actually another guy. And uh, that's the movies them trying to get back to Coney Island safely, um, which is far away from Uptown. Yes, New York Great. City podcasting. Great New York movie though. If you, if you yeah, if you live here, you you know how long it fucking takes to get coming to <laughs> right. Island. It's pretty much. I mean, what you're paying for with New York City rent is then later you can be like, it's a lot like the Warriors where I live. Uh, it's pretty. I live in the Warriors. <laughs> Every night of your life could be like the Warriors. <laughs> Indeed. If you live badly enough, you but, can live like the Warriors. <laughs> but interestingly, even though the Magnificent Thirteen at this point could easily be characters in the movie. Sure. They protest the movie. Because, really? yeah, it's they offensive. Say, they say, yeah, it's, our culture is not a costume. Uh, but no, they say that. Just it, because we paint half our face and have baseball bats <laughs> doesn't mean you can. They say it's inciting violence. So they're against the Warriors as a film. They're trying to stop it from coming out. Um, Fucking nerds, man. I know. Come on. And they, man. Don't, they don't use weapons. They do martial arts training. They say, yeah. we don't carry any weapons. They must lose a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they do, as we'll get to. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> so one of the co-founders of the Magnificent 13, a guy named Carl Smucker, gets the shit kicked out of him. His jaw is broken. Ugh. And then as he's healing from it, realizes, I don't want to do this anymore. And he talks to the news and says to them, there is a a disagreement between him and Curtis Sliwa. Carl Smucker wanted to establish a consistent presence on the subways, and whereas Sliwa, as it turns out, isn't actually that interested in that. He's just trying to get as much attention possible, like seek out the big headlines and do stunts that end up with people getting their jaw broken. Well, yeah. that makes sense because for anyone who doesn't know, Curtis Sliwa, one of the original Guardian Angels here, is the guy who runs for mayor mm -hmm. every fucking cycle on the Republican ticket, which is like, you can't really win like that. And he was technically the uh, other candidate when there was a general, you know, between him and Eric Adams. Which and is very funny. He's a very fucking hilarious New York oh, yeah. presence. Well, we'll get into all his weird quirks, but um, so... In the early 80s, they expand to other cities, uh, Buffalo, L.A., Philly, San Juan, Puerto Rico, Hartford, Newark. Um, at one point, there's Garden Angels in England. Oh, my God. Um, England is the only one that makes sense. Those, those are cities people hang out on the train. <laughs> Everyone goes in their car. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be the Guardian Angels in Philly. <laughs> it's not going to work. But in Newark... Tragedy strikes. There's a guardian angel. It's a very sad story. Guy who's a security guard and decides on his time off that he's going to be a guardian angel and keep his community safe. And he's killed by a cop um, because he, you know, takes out his bat, his guardian angel badge out of his jacket. And the cop thinks it's a gun and shoots him. Uh, Curtis Lewa says, um, and Frank Melvin is black, that this was racially motivated, the killing. So, from the beginning, there's a lot of tension with the New York City Police Department and a lot of city governments. He butt, butts heads with the mayor of Buffalo. 
Ed Koch doesn't like him and and calls him, you know, uh, that like a, you know, camera hound. Everyone um, collectively trying to discourage this man from his <laughs> ragtag right. karate unit. Because at this point, Sliwa has sold his story to CBS and uh, is the only gang leader in the country with a publicist. Uh, and he calls Ed Koch a bonehead. Um, but that ends up changing in the early 80s. Uh, the mayor appoints a criminal justice coordinator to do an investigation of the Guardian Angels, and they, for some reason, um, the report comes back with flying colors. They uh, get an official status as, like, these are the guys you should listen to, and these are they're doing the right thing. But that that's something we'll go back into, is, is the changing relationship with NYPD. Okay, um, that's very suspicious. 1994, we... 80, 84, excuse me. Last week we talked about this Bernie Getz incident. There's a guy riding the subway. Four teenagers come up to him, and this is like, you know, pretty... It's it's hard to know the exact truth, but this is like what's pretty well established is that one of the teenagers asks him for $5. Another one says, give me $5. You know, kind of playfully. Uh-huh. Not necessarily mugging him, but, you know, enough to like make him uncomfortable. And he says, I got $5 for each of uh, for each of you, and he fires five shots, uh, wounds all of them, doesn't kill any of them. Uh, it's not five dollars in any shape or form. No, like Dad, that's it's, five. That's ten bullets. Ten bullets. I mean, how much does a bullet cost? Well, no, it's five. You did five shots. Well, I'm just wondering. Oh, he gave them. Oh, five. I don't know per bullet. I don't know. They're definitely not exactly one dollar. I mean, if you ask Chris Rock, they should be a million dollars. They should be a million dollars per bullet. Uh, so gets flees to New England and. At this point, nobody knows who he is, and he honestly could have easily gotten away with it. Um, but during this time, the guardian angels rush to his anonymous defense, and they pick it outside the courthouses and city hall, and they're like, "Give this guy amnesty. Whoever whoever killed these or whoever shot these kids, they deserve amnesty. They're just protecting themselves." Um, and gets no, he could have gotten away with it. Turns himself in in uh, New Hampshire and gets sent back to New York. Uh, and during this whole trial, the guardian angels serve as Bernie gets his security. Um, and, you know, again, going straight for the publicity. The weird thing about it is also, yeah, he could have remained anonymous. He also could have just gotten away with it by not saying anything but Bernie Getz has a mouth, and he said all kinds of racist shit in his past, and then like copped to it and elaborated it on on it when he was interviewed uh, by you know journalists. And yeah, he, he's an open racist. Yeah, so he's I, be, he wants to admit to it to start a culture war. Right. I mean, that's kind of it. But it's also just like this was the '80s before social media, and if you're, you know, a loudmouth and you you were opinionated, and all of a sudden the news wants to know your takes on things, yeah, yeah, then yeah, you yeah. kind of can't help it, but you know, let your verbal diarrhea roll. You don't uh, have a shitty blog going in the background. This is your chance, right? Yeah. And so that he kind of dug his own grave, and he ended up getting in some legal trouble and having to pay a lot of money because one of the kids was seriously injured. Um, yeah, he severed his spine. Yeah. Because he shot him with a gun. That's true. But so a little after this, 1990, 
Sliwa begins his career in AM radio. He doesn't make any money directly from the Guardian Angels, as he is quick to remind everybody. They're their volunteer organization. They don't accept, uh, they don't take a paycheck. Um, but he does get some money on AM radio. Um, and he has a, a saying in this video, this uh, talk I watched him give, where Kurt, Curtis Sliwa has a little uh, thing that he says about radio. AM, what do you guys think that stands for? Do you know? America. America? America Media. Oh, AM is an AM radio? Yeah. Which is being discontinued, by the way. Really? Oh, really? They're going to stop putting it in cars, I read today. I was so confused about that as a child, why Um, they split it up. AM, FM. I don't know. What does it stand for? According to, well, as I was taught as the son of a radio guy, amplitudinous and frequency modulation, but in Curtis Lee's mind, AM stands for active-minded. Huh. FM, I don't feel like that's right. <laughs> FM stands for freaking moron. Oh! <laughs> you th- went too far on that one. Come on. Oh, Leave man. FM out of this. Curtis. Leave Hot 97 out of this. You are too much, Curtis. Uh, but his yeah, big talk radio guy, which, of course, is a bastion of right-wing thought, especially in the 90s. Uh, and, but he talks trash about the mob. He really goes after them, and he he declares himself a rat. He's like, I will rat on anybody. Um, <laughs> that's, that's very funny. Yeah. And he also has a cat uh, foundation. That's so right. That's very consistent. And right. owns a bunch of cats. Yeah, he always takes pictures on Twitter with the cats. <laughs> he also took a picture with a used condom in his hand that he picked up off the ground <laughs> when he was running for mayor, and he's like holding it at the camera uh, trying to make a point about <laughs> prostitution. He's saying, look how Look how rampant this is in this neighborhood I'm in. I'm going to touch you with this. He's smiling and holding it. And I heard that when he was taking that photo, somebody tried to get him to like not do it. <laughs> I will confess to, I did do that as a 12-year-old. Curtis, you'll never be able to return to the eighth grade. Yeah, Put a, it down. As a 12-year-old. Yeah. Which, I mean, 12-year-olds love picking up used condoms. Don't it was do the first that. time it's I gross. saw it, I was like, whoa. They love it. They're it's always disgusting. like, what is this? Don't do it. You want to touch it? I'm touching it. Well, this was a 100-year-old guardian angel <laughs> last year. Yeah, you should year. know better. Um, and in general, if you are leading a gang and you are like 45, you got to ask yourself, like, is it time for a new hobby? Probably. I don't well, know. but this has been a big... I mean, this has made his... He's made a very nice career out of this shtick, uh, you know, and, and it started on radio. He uh, talks shit about the Gotties, which he says comes back to bite him. We'll get to this in a sec. I'm not totally sure that's what happened. But in 1992, two years into his radio career, he gets uh, beaten up near his apartment in the East Village with baseball bats, his wrist breaks. Uh, and then just a few weeks later, He's getting into a cab to go to work to record his radio show. And then in the cab, a guy with a gun shoots him several times in the colon, legs, and crotch. And the Guardian Angels have two-way radios. So when this is happening, he takes out his radio and says, Code Red! Code Red! (laughs) Ouch! (laughs) It's a walkie-talkie. They got me pretty good. (laughs) Um, Definitely something in my colon right now. (laughs) Um, but so this is in the early nineties. He's, he's offered a gun permit, police protection, and he refuses both of those things. He says, I'm going to stick to my proverbial guns, not literal guns and not carry a gun. Uh, that's so wise. And as he's in the hospital, he has 
as he calls it, a crisis of conscience, because as it turns out, he has told several lies for publicity. What the hell? To uh, build the name of the guardian angels and admits he comes forward to the media after he's done being in the hospital. He says that he made up at six uh, incidents. I was going to say, it sounds like he's really getting put through the ringer so far in this story. And that's very consistent with the fear city. Oh my God. Everything was so crazy in the seventies thing, but he was lying. He was lying about at least six things. Um, He, there's a rescue situation where uh, he <laughs> Sliwa got bruises um, that he says he from a rescue where he was really uh, he really got them rolling down the subway stairs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another one he says he's injured fighting several rapists and uh, the other guardian angels kind of they say we believe the lie we just kind of convince ourselves that it's true and it feels true but there's several other incidents print the legend yeah there's several other incidents that Curtis Lee does not cop to that other guardian angels come forward about um, there's a guy Tony Mao who says that he drenched himself in gasoline and um, blamed it on two men who were planning on attacking the token booth clerk. Uh, and he says, this was planned by Curtis Sliwa. Uh, Sliwa says, though, that he said, no, don't do it. That's his defense. <laughs> no! Um, and there's an, there's some other... Other good ones. Uh, there's like a, a a thing he doesn't come forward about about one of the uh, the guardian angels is wanted for questioning in regards to a sexual assault, and Sliwa like just kind of ignores it. Um, and there's uh, you know it comes out that basically, and I think this is the um, uh, the the main theme here. This is my main takeaway. This is a revelation from from ninety two. Uh, also, the oh yeah, crack raids. They would do these crack raids where they go into crack houses and bust everybody. Those are all made up, as it turns out. According to the Guardian Angels, I also made up a crack story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Jake's the, too afraid of the Guardian Angels to do crack. <laughs> <laughs> but the main takeaway I, is it would be so funny to run into a Guardian Angel on crack. You just hire a crack, <laughs> and then like a guy in a red beret does like fisty cuffs through your door, <laughs> dying laughing at him. <laughs> Also, if there's one place you're guaranteed to run into weapons, I feel like a crack den is pretty high on the list. Um, but the main takeaway here is, according to the, some of the associates, uh, they actually don't do much stuff on the subways. They they when they do ride the subways, it's you know Sliwa and his wife who was he tried to like get into modeling, which is another <laughs> weird story. Um, they try to recruit people on the subways. That's basically the only reason they ride them. What their actual activity is is they do they basically do free security for a block of midtown restaurants restaurant row <laughs> and they like keep they keep it they do things like protect foot locker i would like, be so embarrassed at my restaurant that at the guardian sense. angels like, outside that was like in their repertoire already yeah. um right cuz what's so funny about that is that they expected one group of people to show up and then instead they got like these five bushwick 
guys with mullets are just like, oh, I guess I'll beat you up. <laughs> I uh, I came here to fight someone. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're the guys that. Uh, I mean, you see that that kind of organically happen too, just because the mindset is the same with mm-hmm. like with all, especially twenty twenty when stuff was breaking out everywhere. Certain people are just like, we have to protect Denny's or else. <laughs> It's like, you know, it's important or whatever. Right. It's the backbone of society. I mean, it is interesting because they basically serve the same purpose as NYPD, which is protect private property. Uh, but there was a lot of resentment from the cops of the Guardian Angels for a very long time. And I can't imagine after why. This, <laughs> after this came out that he admitted to his lies, all the, poli- the police this, union This was is how like, Irish immigrants felt about clowns in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just dressed I up mean, like you, but okay, really but offensive. Like, the cops... <laughs> Think how bad can they be about him lying? Because they lie so oh, much. Yeah. Too. They're like, that's Absolutely. our move. Yeah, but they don't like it when other people do. Right. <laughs> well, honestly, I do think this goes back to a, an ethnic thing. And if you listen to Curtis Lewa, he'll say, like, when I was growing up in New York City, the NYPD, people like my grandfather, when they, w- when they would break up a fight, they would just side with the Irish kid. They were just there yeah. to, like... <laughs> Like work on behalf of the Irish Americans, and so there was resentment from other white ethnics, and that's kind of what inspired the Guardian Angels. So it's it was so sort hard of like to an be ethnic British thing. in New York back then. Yeah, so and difficult. And it's crazy when white people fight with each other. Yeah, <laughs> over what? You know, like what but are you fighting over? As he will point is qu- often quick to point out, and is just it is true that they are at this, especially by this point, majority non-white. There's a lot of. Latin American. Well, I think Latino, the in, the or, uh, interesting black. thing about them being mostly old and about your friend joining from stand-up comedy is I think the original purpose Guardian Angels served is like, I don't really want to be a criminal, but I want to do some fighting in yeah. a way where like mixed martial arts was not a thing in 1975. It was easy to go like get into. If you wanted to just get in tussles, you gotta like go find some guys who do that. Right. Well, it's a very similar reason of why people just become cops. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's actually, why it seems so stupid to do instead of being <laughs> cops. Like they'll pay you to do that. Right. You just text and then fight people. Well, the psychology is all the same, and the police are kind of just like a slightly more official version of this because, like, I don't know. Remember when we talked to fucking uh, uh, Alex Vitali about the police and stuff like uh-huh. that? I, th- I thought about a lot post that conversation is like how um they're kind of like this weird semi like the state level like they're very local i guess what the police are the police kind of are just a gang with a little bit of official rubber stamp on it because they're not really federally regulated um fucking conservatives love police while claiming to hate the state, which doesn't make any right. fucking sense, but the kind of the way it rounds out is because they're uh, they're like, no, no, this is this is a gang that's like local to my neighborhood. Like yeah. I like them. They're, that's not Uncle Sam, you know. Well, you know what I will say: the Guardians have on the police is uh, nicknames. The cops don't get fun nicknames that they got to go by code names. Um, <laughs> these, yeah, not nicknames. They code get names. challenge coins. It's different, right? They kind of have all their <laughs> shit like that. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it is, but but they, I, I got to hand it to them. The Garden Angels do have some great code names. Mr. Sliwa, he's had different ones, but for in this article that I read from '92, he goes by Angel One. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty cool. And there's the reporter captures him, um, like assembling the other guardian angels on the subway uh, for subway duty, and he says, 
Or, or yeah, to, to protect the iron horse, which is how he refers to the subway. <laughs> <laughs> He's full of these little weird because because he, he's done so much so many hours years of just talk radio so he's full of these little colloquialisms the Iron and like horse is so funny. <laughs> these little like I would just start calling it that we yeah, have to protect the Sibian <laughs> but he'll he'll say like I got a little a um, little more slide in my glide like stuff like that um, but these are his code names that he calls out in fr- in public he yells out. Navajo, Agony, Mountain, Nightshade, Demolition, Phantom, Mr. Jeff, let's go. <laughs> let's go. How mad would you be if you were Mr. Mr. Jeff? Mr. Jeff. <laughs> we ran out of good names at the Guardian Angels meeting. I got Mr. Jeff. Uh, but it's funny. In the next like couple of years, early 90s is when things really start to change, the relationship between the Guardian Angels and the police. And I think this 100% has to do with Giuliani who gets elected in 93, as we discussed on the David Dinkins episode, because of Staten Island votes to secede from New York City and Giuliani gets in on those coattails uh, and becomes mayor. And there is some uh, suggestion that, um, you know, Sliwa's radio show gets canceled, but he gets a new one on the city radio station Probably because of Giuliani. He even openly says, like, you should give Sliwa a spot on this station. Uh, and everybody's really mad about it. Um, but they have a working relationship. Uh, and, you know, are they complement each other because this is, you know, the, the tough on crime situation uh, th- that they're both enmeshed in and they're both, like, propagating this thing that, like, we got to be a bootstrap you know, New York City, and we really got to crack down on crime. And yes, that's going to come from the NYPD, but we also need like citizens to be more vigilant against these sque- squeegee men. Was the big problem that they were oh, yes. upset about? Oh, people like no. squeegeeing your cars, a plague, <laughs> a plague of people washing your windshield for free <laughs> that you can just ignore. You yeah. can really just you're in a weapon. <laughs> you are you've never been safer. <laughs> this whole fucking thing is just like uh, it, it's it reeks of this thing that is just like so obvious to me and it's making me insane which is that like the uh, hysteria about crime is just blown out of fucking control for very obvious political reasons and like I think about this a lot because like over the last couple of years, you'll hear people in New York say shit all the time about how like, um, oh, you know, it's 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 getting as dangerous as it was in the 70s. Uh-huh. People say that all the fucking time walking around, coming to the bar and shit. I talk to the common man, you know, on my <laughs> stupid job. I hear this shit all the time. I always pull out my phone and I go, look at the statistics. That's literally not true. Like you can literally. It's look not this even up, close. <laughs> you know, and it's always when some fucking politician is running for office because they want you to think it's fear city yeah. so that you will vote for them and then give the cops money and then they all fucking get one over on us and we're just sitting here with their dicks in our hands in, in not fear city it is not fear city you'll know it's like the 70s again when every time you go back to your apartment you have to get past a gang called like the mighty morphin lads and they're all in <laughs> sentai suits and they mug you for for you know powerpoints or whatever uh the interesting parallel between the guardian angels and uh, uh stuff that's come up in media recently i think is giuliani kind of knighting the guardian's angels does feel a lot like when Mr. Beast was trying to get viewers of his channel to just clean up Walmarts <laughs> so that he would have clean stands at Walmart. Like, this is the next the next stage. Of, By the uh, way, a little kid thought I was Mr. Beast the other day. 
<laughs> you look nothing like Mr. Beast. <laughs> uh, you're, you I'm white the, and have a mustache, and that was you look, good, did it. You look smile. more like... Yeah, when you do it creepy like that, you kind of look like him. You have to have dead eyes and a huge smile to do Mr. Beast. You look more like the vigilante guy than Mr. Beast, and I don't think you look like him either. <laughs> okay. kind of look like him. Man, I, fuck, there's this huge graffiti in the Lower East Side that it, uh, before when no one knew who Daniel Penny's name was yet. Yeah. It said uh, somebody fucking spray painted who killed Jordan Neely, and mm-hmm. I walked past it the other day, and it just looks like it's straight out of the Watchmen. Yeah, it's so it's eerie, and it yeah. probably was because it's by some other fucking twenties art student who moved <laughs> to New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. He did. Yeah, he ran for mayor, as we said, and was a Reform Party guy actually for a while, Sliwa, and uh, he. But with a twist. Yeah, there's a great video of well, he's running for mayor. There's like. He's going around in his bomber jacket with Sliwa for mayor, so it, like in the Guardian Angels outfit, and a couple of his Guardian Angels guy, and they just go into this like pizza shop where there's some like kind of dispute going on, and one of his guys just like throws a guy against a wall and then gets punched, and then the Sliwa just like walks out calmly as the camera's falling, and he's like New York City. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like the Joker a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, they're not. They're not. <laughs> actually helping anything is the the takeaway. They don't, you know, it would be one thing if they actually were patrolling the subways like Marvel Comics characters, but to the extent that they do that, it's just for show and to recruit other it, members. It's because they're right. going home from protecting Applebee's. Yeah. But like <laughs> everything you just said is also true like of the police. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like, mean we don't kind of we don't actually need this deputized civilians to just go like stand around with weapons and shit. It's actually the whole problem uh, that happened recently and why we're talking about it is somebody did that to a random subway. Right. On the iron horse, no doubt. Yep. You better bring your saddle. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to be it for us this week. Are we at the end of the... Yeah, I think that's... Probably gonna do it. Well, I, I can always think... tell, uh, like, uh, 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 hearing that when we've reached the end of an outline, <laughs> you can just taste it. You can taste it in the air. Little brain cells are fucking misfiring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think we should form a mm-hmm. an opposing group of vigilante, Ooh. neurodivergent, <laughs> uh, you know, etc. Doctors. Doctors. <laughs> um, piss drinkers uh what have you and we'll be called the guardian devils okay you know what i'm saying nice and we'll fight the guardian angels okay and that'll keep them maybe from doing we can wear green berets so people think we're special forces yeah mm. yeah we'll wear green berets and that won't be confusing at all i think i would still probably get beat up by them but yeah, I think well, the, if you a wear shot. a green beret, there's a chance you're going to anger a green beret, and those people are deeply unstable. So I don't know if you want to do that, but uh, unfortunately, at the Guardian Devils, you have to. I was kind of thinking yellow berets. <laughs> For no particular reason. For piss. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a theme. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all come out of a tube when we emerge. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to call the Guardian Devils, though, it sucks that they already took red. Yeah. 
Red is the coolest color for that kind of thing. You go black. Oh well, we're we're gonna brainstorm on this and come back. Yeah. We'll come back in the Good Doctor episode with a finished platform. I uh, could be your guardian angel or your guardian devil. In the meantime, does anybody have stuff coming up? Uh, well, I wanted to plug. Uh, if you're in Philly, there's an election this week. Primary. Um, we have uh, two. DSA endorsed city council candidates, Saf Anderson Oberman in District 8. And we also have uh, Amanda. And this is something I'm trying to get DSA to be better about is putting all the stuff on one website where you can just see all the candidates because uh, it's hard to find them all. Uh, but the other candidate is an at large candidate, Amanda McElmurray. Um, and also, as we discussed on the show, and Seth by, Oberman uh, Anderson, by the way, was the guy who took on and uh, embraced the communist party logo and was like, yes, I was a young communist. I stand by it. Um, so go out, vote, volunteer for him. And uh, also for mayor, there's Helen Gim, who is uh, not DSA endorsed, but is uh, a Brandon Johnson type of progressive in the pocket of the teachers union, which I think is a great thing. And uh, that would be cool if, if Philly moved to the left a little bit in municipal politics. Cool. Also, we have a fundraiser show coming up. That's right. Every month for the first Thursday, you can come to Silo in Bushwick for the next paid protest where we do little fundraisers for New York City DSA. And we've got a hot lineup for that one. The next show is June 1st, the very first day of the month. You don't want to miss that. It's an exciting time. Uh, one more plug for me. If you are a podcast guy who listens on the computer, if you go on YouTube for your podcast, uh, go ahead, subscribe to the Quar Raiders YouTube. I got a big announcement for that this week. So I'm also just trying to get that number up, okay? I want them to send me a plaque, more than the 1,000 1, subscriber plaque, which is made out of uh, gum and you chew it. And you can't enjoy it for very long because you already chewed it. Okay, that's it. If you are listening from Austin, Texas, I will be coming home to my comedy hometown, ATX, in a couple weeks. I'll be at the Velveeta Room on 6th Street and Red River on uh, May 26th and 27th. I believe there's two shows on the 27th, one on the 26th. I think I got that right. I'll put the link in the show notes. Please buy tickets in advance. That helps me out a lot. Uh, it saves me a heart attack. Otherwise, I got to bark in people from the street, and that street sucks. <laughs> you know that if you live there. It's mere feet from the fucking Joe Rogan Comedy Club. Um, but yeah, I'll be in Austin, Texas. Please come out to those shows. Is I got, the Chinaman going to be there? Uh, he's uh, opening for me, yes. He's going to do Piccolo. He's uh, going to not the one you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm changing my name to the Mexican Man. Um, I'm doing basically the same act. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Well, until next time, it is finished. It's finished. I wanted to do a whip it, but I didn't think of it in time. Fuck! Fuck!